Chapter sixty four, part three of the history of the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. Volume six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Vera Unreal. Chapter sixty four. Mongols, Ottoman Turks, part three. In this shipwreck of nations, some surprise may be excited by the escape of the Roman Empire, whose relics, at the time of the Mongol invasion, were dismembered by the Greeks and Latins. Less potent than Alexander, they were pressed, like the Macedonian, both in Europe and Asia, by the shepherds of Scythia. And had the Tartars undertaken the siege, Constantinople must have yielded to the fate of Pekin, Samarkand, and Baghdad. The glorious and voluntary retreat of Batu from the Danube was insulted by the vain triumph of the Franks and Greeks, and in a second expedition, death surprised him in full march to attack the capital of the Caesars. His brother Borga carried the Tartar arms into Bulgaria and Thrace, but he was diverted from the Byzantine war by a visit to Novogorod in the fifty-seventh degree of latitude where he numbered the inhabitants and regulated the tributes of Russia. The Mongol Khan formed an alliance with the Mamelukes against his brethren of Persia. Three hundred thousand horse penetrated through the gates of Durban, and the Greeks might rejoice in the first example of domestic war. After the recovery of Constantinople, Michael Palaiologus, at a distance from his court and army, in the Thracian castle, by twenty thousand Tartars. But the object of their march was a private interest. They came to the deliverance of Esedin, the Turkish sultan, and were content with his person and the treasure of the emperor. Their general Noga, whose name is perpetuated in the hordes of Estrakhan, raised a formidable rebellion against Menon Timur, the third of the Khans of Kipsa, obtained in marriage Maria, natural daughter of Pelaiologus, and guarded the dominions of his friend and father. The subsequent invasions of a Scythian caste were those of outlaws and fugitives, and some thousands of Alani and Comans, who had been driven from their native seats, were reclaimed from a vagrant life, and enlisted in the service of the empire. Such was the influence in Europe of the invasion of the Mongols. The first terror of their arms secured, rather than disturb, the peace of the Roman Asia. The Sultan of Iconium solicited a personal interview with John Vatakis, and his artful policy encouraged the Turks to defend their barrier against a common enemy. That barrier indeed was soon overthrown, and the servitude and ruin of the Seljukians exposed the nakedness of the Greeks. The formidable Holagu threatened to march to Constantinople at the head of four hundred thousand men, and the groundless panic of the citizens of Nice will present an image of the terror which he had inspired. The accident of a procession and the sound of a doleful litany from the fury of the Tartars, good Lord deliver us, had scattered the hasty report of an assault and massacre. In the blind credulity of fear, the streets of Nice were crowded with thousands of both sexes, knew not from what or to whom they fled, 
when some hours elapsed before the firmness of the military officers could leave the city from this imaginary foe but the ambition of holagou and his successors was fortunately diverted by the conquest of Baghdad and the long vicissitude of syrian wars their hostility to the moslems inclined them to unite with the greeks and franks and their generosity or contempt had offered the kingdom of anatolia as a reward of an armenian vessel the fragments of the seljukian monarchy were disputed by the emirs who had occupied the cities or the mountains but they all confessed the supremacy of the counts of persia and he often interposed his authority and sometimes his arms to check their depredations and to preserve the peace and balance of his turkish frontier the death of Carson, one of the greatest and most accomplished princes of the house of tingis removed this salutary control and the decline of the mongols gave a free scope to the rise and progress of the ottoman empire footnote thirty four some repulse of the mongols in hungary might propagate and color the report of the union and victory of the kings of the franks on the confines of bulgaria alphagarius after forty years beyond the tigris might be easily deceived footnote thirty five see pacumel and the false alarm at nice footnote thirty six agropolita footnote thirty seven alphagarius wrote in the year twelve a four declares that the mongols since the fabulous defeat of Batu, had not attacked either the franks or greeks and of this he is a competent witness hayton likewise the armenian prince celebrates their friendship for himself and his nation footnote thirty eight pakima gives a splendid character of kazan khan the rival of cyrus and alexander in the conclusion of his history he hopes much from the arrival of thirty thousand talkers or tartars were ordered by the successor of Carson to restrain the turks of bethlenia footnote thirty nine the origin of the ottoman dynasty is illustrated by the critical learning of madame de green and d'anville two inhabitants of paris from whom the orientals may learn the history and geography of their own country no they may be still more enlightened by the geschichte des osmanreiches by m von hammerbrockstahl of vienna after the retreat of stingis the sultan galaladin of karisme had returned from india to the possession and defence of his persian kingdoms in the space of eleven years then hero fought in person fourteen battles and such was his activity that he led his cavalry in seventeen days from selfis to kerman a march of a thousand miles yet he was oppressed by the jealousy of the moslem princes and the innumerable armies of the mongols and after his last defeat galaladin perished ignobly in the mountains of kurdistan his death dissolved a veteran and adventurous army which included under the name of charismians or Khorasmans, many turkmen hordes that had attached themselves to the sultan's fortune the bolder and more powerful chiefs invaded syria and violated the holy sepulchre of jerusalem the more humble engaged in the service of aladdin sultan of iconium 
and among these were the obscure fathers of the ottoman line they had formerly pitched their tents near the southern banks of the oxus in the plains of mahan and nisa and it is somewhat remarkable that the same spot should have produced the first authors of the parthian and turkish empires at the head or in the rear of a charismian army soliman shah was drowned in the passage of the euphrates his son of the crew became the soldier and subject of Aladdin, and established at surkut on the banks of the samar a camp of four hundred families or tents whom he governed fifty-two years both in peace and war he was the father of Thalman, or Athman, whose Turkish name has been altered into the appellation of the Caliph Othman. And if we describe that pastoral chief as a shepherd and a robber, we must separate from those characters all idea of ignominy and baseness. Othman possessed, and perhaps surpassed, the ordinary virtues of a soldier, and the circumstances of time and place were propitious to his independence and success. The Seljuklan dynasty was no more, and the distance and decline of the Mongol Khans soon enfranchised him from the control of a superior. He was situated on the verge of the Greek Empire. The Koran sanctified his Ghazi a holy war against the infidels, and their political errors unlocked the passes of Mount Olympus, and invited him to descend into the plains of Bithynia. Till the reign of Palaeologus, these passes had been vigilantly guarded by the militia of the country, who were repaid by their own safety and an exemption from taxes. The emperor abolished their privilege and assumed the office, but the tribute was rigorously collected, the custody of the passes was neglected, and the hardy mountaineers degenerated into a trembling crowd of pheasants without spirit or discipline. It was on the 27th of July, in the year 1299 of the christian era the Othman first invaded the territory of nicomedia and the singular accuracy of the date seems to disclose some foresight of the rapid and destructive growth of the monster the annals of the twenty-seven years of his reign will exhibit a repetition of the same inroads and his hereditary troops were multiplied in each campaign by the accession of captives and volunteers Instead of retreating to the hills, he maintained the most useful and defensive posts, fortified the towns and castles which he had first pillaged, and renounced the pastoral life for the baths and palaces of his infant capitals. But it was not till Othman was oppressed by age and infirmities that he received the welcome news of the conquest of Prusa, which had been surrendered by famine or treachery to the arms of his son Orchin. The glory of Othman is chiefly founded on that of his descendants, but the Turks have transcribed or composed a royal testament of his last counsels of justice and moderation. Footnote 40. See Pekema, and concerning the guard of the mountains, Nikiforus Gregoras, and the first book of Launicus Calcondules, the Athenian. Footnote 41. I am ignorant whether the Turks have any writers older than Mahomet II, nor can I reach beyond the meagre chronicle. Annales Turkiki at Anum, translated by John Gouzier, and published by Leon Clavius, at Galgemlaunik Galgond, 
with copious pandects or commentaries the history of the growth and decay of the ottoman empire was translated into english from the latin ms of demetrius cantemir prince of moldavia the author is guilty of strange blunders in oriental history but he was conversant with the language the annals and institutions of the turks cantemir partly draws his materials from the synopsis of saadi effendi of larissa dedicated in the year sixteen ninety six to sultan mustafa and a valuable abridgment of the original historians in one of the ramblers dr johnson praises knowles a general history of the turks to the present year as the first of historians unhappy only in the choice of his subject yet i much doubt whether a partial and verbose compilation from latin writers thirteen hundred folio pages of speeches and battles can either instruct or amuse an enlightened age which requires from the historian some tincture of philosophy and criticism no we could have wished that m von hammer had given a more clear and distinct reply to this question of given in the note von hammer shows that they had not only sikhs religious writers and then lawyers but poets and authors on medicine but the inquiry of given obviously refers to historians the oldest of the historical works of which von hammer makes use is the tariji asik bashasade that is the history of the great grandson of achik pasha was in service and celebrated aesthetic poet in the reign of murat amurat the first ahmed the author of the work lived during the reign of bajazet the second but he says derived much information from the book of sheikh jachsi the son of Elias, who was imam to sultan orchan and who related from the lips of his father the circumstances of the earliest ottoman history this book having searched for it in vain for five and twenty years our author found at length the vatican all the other turkish histories on his list as indeed this were written during the reign of mahomet the second it does not appear whether any of the rest cite the authorities of equal value with that claimed by the tariji ashni bashasade from the conquest of prusa we may date the true era of the ottoman empire the lives and possessions of the christian subjects were redeemed by tribute or ransom of thirty thousand crowns of gold and the city by the labours of orchard assumed the aspect of mahometan capital prusa was decorated with a mosque a college and a hospital of royal foundation the seljukian coin was changed for the name and impression of the new dynasty and the most skilful professors of human and divine knowledge attracted the persian and arabian students from the ancient schools of oriental learning the office of a vizier was instituted for aladdin the brother of orchard and a different habit distinguished the citizens from the pheasants the moslems from the infidels all the troops of othman had consisted of loose squadrons of turkman cavalry who served without pay and fought without discipline but a regular body of infantry was first established and trained by the prudence of his son a great number of volunteers was enrolled with a small stipend but with the permission of living at home 
unless they were summoned to a field their rude manners and seditious temper disposed orchard to educate his young captives as his soldiers and those of the prophet but the turkish peasants were still allowed to mount on horseback and follow his standard with the appellation and the hopes of freebooters by these arts he formed an army of twenty five thousand moslems a train of veteran engines was framed for the use of sieges and the first successful experiment was made on the cities of nice and nicomedia orchin granted a safe conduct to all who were desirous of departing with their families and effects but the widows of the slain were given in marriage to the conquerors and the sacrilegious plunder the books the vases and the images were sold a ransom at constantinople the emperor andronicus the younger was vanquished and wounded by the son of Othman. he subdued the whole province or kingdom of bithynia as far as the shores of the bosphorus and hellespont and the christians confessed the justice and clemency of a reign which claimed the voluntary attachment of the turks of asia yet orchard was content with the modest title of emir and in the list of his compeers the princes of rome or anatolia his military forces were surpassed by the emirs of Gamian and caramania each of whom could bring into a field an army of forty thousand men their domains were situated in the heart of the seljukian kingdom but the holy warriors though of inferior note performed new principalities on the greek empire are more conspicuous in the light of history the maritime country from the propontis to Mayanda, and the isle of rhodes so long threatened and so often pillaged was finally lost about the thirteenth year of andronicus the elder two turkish chieftains Serukhan and aydin left their names to their conquests and their conquests to their posterity the captivity of ruin and the seven churches of asia was consummated and the barbarous lords of ionia and Lydia so trampled on the monuments of classic and christian antiquity in the loss of ephesus the christians deplored the fall of the first angel the extinction of the first candlestick of the revelations the desolation is complete and the temple of diana or the church of mary will equally elude the search of the curious traveller the circus and free stately theatres of laodicea are now peopled with wolves and foxes sardis is reduced to a miserable village the god of mahomet without a rival or a son is invoked in the mosques of piateria and pergamus and the populousness of smyrna is supported by the foreign trade of the franks and armenians philadelphia alone has been saved by prophecy or courage at a distance from the sea forgotten by the empress encompassed on all sides by the turks Havadian citizens defended their religion and freedom above fourscore years and at length capitulated with the proudest of the ottomans among the greek colonies and churches of asia philadelphia is still erect a column in a scene of ruins a pleasing example that the paths of honour and safety may sometimes be the same the servitude of rhodes was delayed about two centuries by the establishment of the knight of st john of jerusalem under the discipline of order the island emerged into fame and opulence 
the noble and warlike monks were renowned by land and sea and the bulwark of christendom provoked and repelled the arms of the turks and saracens footnote forty two katukuzene though he relates the battle and heroic fight of the younger andronicus dissembles by silence the loss of prusa nice and nicomedia which are fairly confessed by nikiphoros Grigoras. it appears that nice was taken by orchon in thirteen thirty and nicomedia in thirteen thirty nine which is somewhat different from the turkish dates footnote forty three the partition of the turkish emirs is extracted from two contemporaries the greek nikiphoros Grigoras and the arabian marrakeshi see likewise the first book of launicus gargondules footnote forty four bakimir footnote forty five see the travels of Rila and spawn of pocock and chander and more particularly smith's survey of the seven churches of asia the more pious antiquaries labour to reconcile the promises and threats of the author of the revelations with the present state of seven cities perhaps it would be more prudent to confine his predictions to the characters and events of his old times footnote five six consult the fourth book of the histoire de l'ordre de Marthe, par l'abbé de vertou that pleasing writer betrays his ignorance in supposing that Othman, a freebooter of the bithynian hills could besiege roads by sea and land the greeks by their intestine divisions were the authors of the final ruin during the several wars of the elder and younger andronicus the son of othman achieved almost without resistance the conquest of bithynia and the same disorders encouraged the turkish emirs of rudia and ionia to build a fleet and to pledge the adjacent islands and the sequels of europe in the defence of his life and honour cantacuzene was tempted to prevent or imitate his adversaries by calling to aid the public enemies of his religion and country amia the son of aidi concealed under a turkish cup the humanity and politeness of a greek he was united with the great domestic by mutual esteem and reciprocal services and their friendship is compared in the vain rhetoric of the times to the perfect union of Orestes and Pulades. on the report of the danger of his friend who was persecuted by an ungrateful court the prince of ionia assembled at smolna a fleet of three hundred vessels with an army of twenty-nine thousand men sailed in the depth of winter and cast anchor at the mouth sailed in the depth of winter and cast anchor at the mouth of the Hebrus, from thence with a chosen band of two thousand turks he marched along the banks of the river and rescued the empress who was besieged in demotica by the wild barbarians at that disastrous moment the life or death of his beloved katakuzene was concealed by his flight into servia but that grateful irene impatient to behold her deliverer invited him to enter the city and accompanied her message with the present of rich apparel and a hundred horses by a peculiar strain of delicacy the gentle barbarian refused in the absence of an unfortunate friend to visit his wife or to taste the luxuries of the palace sustained in his den the rigour of winter 
and rejected the hospitable gift that he might share in the hardships of two thousand companions all as deserving as himself that of honour and distinction necessity and revenge might justify his predatory exertions by sea and net he left nine thousand five hundred men for the guard of his fleet and persevered in the fruitless search of katakuzene this embarkation was hastened by a fictitious letter the severity of the season the clamours of his independent troops and the weight of his spoil and captives in the prosecution of the civil war the prince of ionia twice returned to europe joined his arms with those of the emperor besieged thalassonica and threatened constantinople calumny might affix some reproach on his imperfect aid his departure and a bribe of ten thousand crowns which he accepted from the byzantine court but his friend was satisfied and the conduct of armia is excused by the more sacred duty of defending against the latins his hereditary dominions the maritime power of the turks had united the pope the king of cyprus the republic of venice and the order of st john in a laudable crusade the galleys invaded the coast of ionia and amir was slain with an arrow in the attempt to wrest from the Roman knights the citadel of smyrna before his death he generously recommended another ally of his own nation not more sincere or zealous than himself but more able to afford a prompt and powerful succour by his situation along the propontis and in the front of constantinople by the prospect of a more advantageous treaty the turkish prince of Bithynia was detached from his engagements with anna Sabwa, and the pride of orchard dictated the most solemn protestations that if he could obtain the daughter of Cantacuzene, he would invariably fulfil the duties of a subject and a son parental tenderness was silenced by the voice of a mission the greek clergy connived at the marriage of a christian princess with a sectarian of mahomet and the father of theodora describes with shameful satisfaction the dishonour of the purple a body of turkish cavalry attended the ambassadors who disembarked from thirty vessels before his camp of salubria a stately pavilion was erected in which the empress irene passed the night with her daughters in the morning theodora ascended a throne which was surrounded with curtains of silk and gold the troops were under arms but the emperor alone was on horseback at a signal the curtains were suddenly withdrawn to disclose the bride or the victim encircled by kneeling eunuchs and hymeneal torches the sound of flutes and trumpets proclaimed the joyful event and her pretended happiness was the theme of the nuptial song which was chanted by such poets as the age could produce without the rites of the church Theodora was delivered to her barbarous law, but it had been stipulated that she should preserve her religion in the harem of Borussia, and her father celebrates her charity and devotion in this ambiguous situation. After his peaceful establishment on the throne of Constantinople, the Greek emperor visited his Turkish ally, who with four sons by various wives expected him at Scutari on the Asiatic shore the two princes parted 
with seeming cordiality of the pleasures of banquet and the chase and theodora was permitted to repass the waterers and to enjoy some days in the society of her mother but the friendship of ocean was subservient to his religion and interest and in the genoese war he joined without a blush the enemies of cantacuzene footnote forty six nicephorus gregoras has expatiated with pleasure on this amiable character cantacuzene speaks with honour and esteem of his ally but he seems ignorant of his own sentimental passion for sex and indirectly denies the possibility of such a natural friendship. Footnote 48. After the conquest of Smyrna by the Latins, the defence of this fortress was imposed by Pope Gregory the Eleventh on the Knights of Rhodes. Footnote 49. See Cantacuzenus, Nicephorus Gregoras, who, for the light of Mount Thabor, brands the emperor with the names of Tyrant and Herod excuses rather than blames this turkish marriage and alleges the passion and power of ocean Engutanumi, Dunamu, tu he afterwards celebrates his kingdom and armies sees reign in Tantimir. in the treaty with the empress anne the Ottoman prince had inserted a singular condition that it should be lawful for him to sell his prisoners at Constantinople or transport them to Asia, a naked crowd of Christians of both sexes and every age, of priests and monks, of matrons and virgins, was exposed in the public market. The whip was frequently used to quicken the charity of redemption, and the indigent Greeks deplored the fate of their brethren were led away to a worse evils of temporal and spiritual bondage, which Cantacuzene was reduced to subscribe the same terms, and that execution must have been still more pernicious to the empire. A body of ten thousand Turks had been detached to assistance of the Empress Anne, by the entire forces of Orchon, who exerted in the service of his father. Yet these calamities were of a transient nature, as soon as the storm had passed away, the fugitives might return to their habitations, and at the conclusion of the civil and foreign wars, Europe was completely evacuated by the Moslems of Asia. It was in this last quarrel with his pupil that Cantacuzene inflicted the deep and deadly wound, which could never be healed by his successors, and which is poorly expiated by his theological dialogues against the prophet Mahomet. Ignorant of their own history, the modern Turks confound their first and final passage of the Hellespont, and describe the son of Orchon as a nocturnal robber, who, with eighty companions, explores by stratagem a hostile and unknown shore. Soliman, at the head of ten thousand horse, was transported in the vessels, and entertained as a friend of the Greek emperor, in the civil wars of Romania, he performed some service and perpetrated more mischief. But Gersonesus was insensibly filled with a Turkish colony, and the Byzantine court solicited in vain the restitution of the fortress of Thrace. After some artful delays between the Ottoman prince and his son, the ransom was valued at sixty thousand crowns, 
and the first payment had been made when an earthquake shook the walls and cities of the provinces. This mental places were occupied by the Turks, and Gallipoli, the key of the Hellespont, was rebuilt and repeopled by the policy of Soliman. The abdication of Cantacuzini dissolved the feeble bands of domestic alliances, and his last advice admonished his countrymen to decline the rash contest and compare their own weakness with the numbers and valor, the discipline and enthusiasm of the Moslems. His prudent counsels were despised by the headstrong vanity of youth, and soon justified by the victories of the Ottomans. But as he practised in the field the exercise of a chariot, Soliman was killed by a fall from his horse, and the aged orchard wept and expired on the tomb of his vain son. Footnote 50 the most lively and concise picture of this captivity may be found in the history of Ducas, who fairly describes what Hunter Cusine confesses with a guilty blush. Footnote 51. In this passage, and the first conquest in Europe, Cantemir gives a miserable idea of a Turkish guards. Nor am I much better satisfied with Chalcantules. They forget to consult the most authentic record, and the fourth book of Cantacuzene. I likewise regret the last books, which are still manuscript, of Nikephorus Gregoras. No, von Hammer excuses the silence with which the Turkish historians pass over the earlier intercourse of the Ottomans with the European continent, of which he enumerates sixteen different occasions, as if they disdain those peaceful incursions by which they gain no conquest and establish no permanent footing on the Byzantine territory the romantic clown of Soliman's first expedition, he says, as yet the prose of history had not asserted as right over the poetry of tradition. This event would scarcely be accepted as satisfactory by the historian of the decline and fall. End of chapter 64, part 3